0: it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. If, 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 if your
1: blood runs orange and blue, orange and
0: blue, blue this,
1: this, this is a pod, pod for you. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beard.
0: Let's get to it, New York.
1: This is Orange and Blue Blood, a Knicks podcast where you will not hear us chanting Brooklyn or changing our logo to black and white or showing pictures of Kyrie Irving in this intro to the to the to the channel. This is EJ Stewart joined by Tommy Beer, and you guys don't know what we're talking about. I'm talking about that r- ridiculous Empire State Building tweet where they honored the Philadelphia Eagles, Tommy. I don't know what that was about. We'll get into plenty of the Knicks stuff, but I do gotta get your. Your quick reaction as a New Yorker, like all New Yorkers, were you outraged like
2: I was when you saw that hit your timeline? Somebody needs to get fired, bro. I don't know. I don't know who. I don't know what happened there, but come on now, that that's that's unacceptable.
1: And they hit it with the Fly Eagles fly, which was almost like even more of like an insult to injury. bad enough you you honor the Eagles making it to the Super Bowl, but then the Fly Eagles fly. Look, I, like I said on Twitter, I am not a Giants fan. I'm a Jets fan. So I don't have particular hate for the Eagles I actually to have reasons to root for the Eagles, but even as just as a New Yorker, that was pathetic. Like, like whenever the Mets figure it out, the Knicks figure it out, I will be pulling up to Philadelphia and find a way to blast some orange and blue lights onto the Liberty Bell to make that even, because there's no way that can be allowed. Like that was absolutely pathetic. And, and, and New Yorkers, we should not stand for it. And I'm glad Tommy agrees with me on that, man. That was crazy
2: crazy um yeah have they given an explanation yet like if somebody said like oh we
1: so my thought process is they probably signed a deal with the nfl that like whoever won super bowl will put their colors up which was dangerous in itself because you know like okay it's not like there are a million new york rivals but you know the cowboys and eagles were really good teams this year and you know the patriots they they were bad this year but they always go to the super bowl so there yep. were, and then the Miami Dolphins or, or a team yep. that a lot of people couldn't go Super Bowl. So there were like a lot of options where this could go terribly. And I assume that that's kind of what happened. And and then uh, they've got egg on their face with that. So, um, again, New York Knicks podcast here, Orange and Blue Bloods. We will not be honoring the Brooklyn Nets despite their win over the Knicks. We will talk about that game. We'll also talk about this uh, big Lakers game happening on Tuesday night, another uh, national TV affair. Um, LeBron and AD not playing in Brooklyn Monday so what does that mean for Tuesday we'll discuss that and more trade rumors as we get closer and closer to that trade deadline and the Knicks being linked to a, a rather big name in in this uh trade season so playing to get to on this episode of the Orange Blue Bulls again you can catch this podcast hosted by Odyssey and WFN wherever you stream your podcast including the free Odyssey app Make sure you hit the auto-download feature so you can get these episodes. Whenever we drop, we drop three times a week. This is the first episode this week. And, Tommy, let's begin with this Knicks loss to Brooklyn. So the Knicks fell to their cross-round rival Brooklyn Nets on Saturday. The Knicks uh, got down big early, uh, played from behind pretty much the rest of the way. They were able to cut down the lead to about four late in the game, but that's when Nets star Kyrie Irving showed that he is the superstar that he is. He had a pair of clutch threes. In the last two minutes, that put the Knicks away. He finished with 32 points Let's lead all scorers in that game. Jalen Brunson added 26 in this one. This is the Knicks' ninth straight loss to Brooklyn. It makes me sick to even say that, but that is the facts. Nine straight losses to the Brooklyn Nets. So, Tommy, what went wrong on Saturday for the Knicks?
2: Yeah, I think, obviously, the, the defensive issues you know, played a part. Um, but at the end of the day, you got to tip your hat to Kyrie. Um, I thought the defense on him was solid. You know, a a lot of those shots were contested. Um, IQ played well defensively. Grimes did his part um, when they switched off on him. McBride, you know, put his hand up and – um, Kyrie was, uh, you know, relatively quiet over the first three quarters, but then we know he took control in the fourth. And um, you know, it's it's been one of those situations where, um, you know, having a dyna, you know, a, a real, you know, unstoppable force on the offensive end is always a difficult matchup. Um, we saw Jason Tatum uh, go crazy um, in, in previous contests, and um, yeah, Nick Scott, we're on the short end of the stick in that way. Um, I think the part that stings is that. You know, Ben Simmons didn't play, uh, yeah. um, you know, so like they're, they're, obviously KD was out. Uh, T.J. Warren was sidelined, even though Simmons and Warren have have negative, um, you know, have basically hurt the Nets in, in recent weeks. Um, right. It would have been nice to get a, a win over the Nets if for no other reason to make those previous wins over the Cavs. And um uh, the Celtics stick, you know, you kind of feel like you're giving one back if you had one too, but you uh, know I mean, that's what, you know, basically, you know, middle of the road teams do uh, they'll, you know, they'll, that's why the Knicks are, you know, have been, you know, within a, a game or two or 500 for most of the season. Um, and uh, you know, but the, they still have another opportunity uh, to play against a, a, a motivated Lakers team um, uh, starting, uh, you know, t- tomorrow evening. So uh, we'll see if they can get back on the right track.
1: Yeah, I think this Knicks loss really kind of highlighted why, you know, superstars win you these kind of games. You know, like the Knicks right now don't have one. They have really good players, and we saw some of those guys play really well. Jalen Brunson had 26. RJ Barrett had a really good – another really good offensive game. But – I mean, quickly had another really great game. But, like, at the end of the day, when you're trying to beat a team like that and you're coming from behind, you're going to need to get – you're going to either A, you know, match their superstar and B, get – Those stops, and it makes me kind of curious. You know, when we get to the end of the conversation today about some of the trade rumors, maybe they're trying to get you know part A of that is someone who can get stops against a guy like that, as opposed to um part B, which is then finally getting that superstar. But the Knicks didn't have that guy that could match Kyrie down the stretch, and and and. Quinn Grinds up defensively. Did his did his best, but
2: but I'll but I'll say this, EJ, like on the superstar conversation. I'd rather have Brunson long term than than Kyrie Irving. Like I don't oh, I don't true. know what I don't I don't know yeah. what the Nets are gonna do. You know, I know he's kind of harping that he wants a, a contract. I, I'm gonna be fascinated yeah. to see how that how that free agency plays out this offseason. Another team's offering, you know, if I'm the Nets, I'm happy with the one year deal. I guess we bring him back and, and see how that goes. But um I'd be shocked if another team was willing to offer him, you know, a three or four year deal. Um, it'll be fascinating to see how that plays out.
1: Yeah, that's that yeah, and I agree with your sentiment by the way, because as great as Kyrie was, you know, Kyrie might not be available next week for any reason. Right? You know, he's he's very unreliable. So I would definitely take Brunson over him. But uh just the, the, the point belies is the fact that they don't have that superstar showed yeah. that when they went against another superstar talent, even though the Knicks, I think, had more talent than the Nets in that game for sure, yeah. Uh it wasn't enough to to overcome. I think also it also belies why it's so important for the Knicks to be ahead in the fourth quarter, honestly, like how many of these games we've seen them, you know, be ahead, like in Boston and, you know, Tatum starts to get going. And they were able to kind of just survive because at least they were playing from ahead as opposed to being playing from behind. We're playing from behind and now you're trying to get stops and score and execute offensively. That's been too tall a task for the Knicks all season. We haven't really seen, I can't remember a game this season where they've come back in the fourth quarter being down, you know, 10 points or 11 points like that hasn't really happened much
2: but you know what was you know what was interesting one thing i found interesting was thinking about in that fourth quarter is how much better and fluid and quicker and more pace and tempo than it's played down by 10 points and then they cut it to three or four then they if they had been up by 10 points you know that's something to keep in mind next time when they have a lead um is to not to reverse the strategy use that same strategy like we talked about previously that got you there
1: yeah, because when you're playing from behind, you're playing with a greater central urgency because you can't yes. waste clock. Yes. And it's funny, when you watch some of these really good teams, like when they're trying to close, the teams that are very good at closing, they that's they play that way, even when they're up. Like when they're trying to play, they're getting to their stuff quick. It's not just hold the ball, hold the ball, hold the ball, those one guy, and then just wait. Like they're 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 running really good action, even at the end of the games. So the Knicks, you you hope that they can maybe learn from that. And to be fair, this was the first game after Tom Thibodeau said they got to play quicker in the fourth quarter. Yep. So, you know, now this was a different scenario because they were playing from behind, but maybe this is them listening to the coach. And maybe this is a coach, you know, imploring that they have to play this way. Uh, you know, the, I think the situation maybe makes it more like they kind of had no choice, but you hope moving forward that, that you do see some of that situation. Cause they executed offensively pretty well. Like even with Kyrie uh, hitting those big shots, like the Knicks, you know, they scored in those two possessions in between. Um yeah. They, they scored a basket and Bronte had two free throws. So it wasn't like, you know, they were putting pressure on them to keep scoring. The problem was they couldn't get uh, those stops. What did you make of the, the the substitution patterns I think in the fourth quarter have been talked about with RJ, IQ, and Queen Grimes? Uh, you have a game there where IQ uh, gets subbed out late in the fourth quarter. He, was playing, he had been playing great. RJ comes in. He had sat for some of that fourth quarter. Do you think that's something that the Knicks will have to kind of figure out or you think they're kind of doing it fine the way they are, which is it seems like essentially by committee. It's whoever's playing the best or playing the the best at that moment kind of plays most of the fourth quarter.
2: Yeah, it's. I mean, it's going to be fascinating, and and we we kind of predicted it as soon as you know when RJ was sidelined and IQ and Grimes kind of established himself as a closer because IQ has been a closer, um, as I noted, he leads the league in fourth quarter minutes date, dating back to the start of last season, right. um, and he's a, and he's earned every minute and every second of it. Um, I mean, this is really hard to overstate um, the progression we've seen from from Emmanuel quickly both offensively and defensively um, this season has really stepped up his game. Um, and and is really playing at a high level. So it's difficult to keep him off the floor in the fourth quarter. Um, One thing I would like to see is, especially when the Knicks have a timeout late in games, end of game situations is to have IQ and Grimes on the floor together and that's, and that, and taking Brunson out because Brunson's just not mm. as a defender as those two. Yeah. Um, it, didn't pre- it didn't exactly present itself. You know, it wasn't like there was a, a last, you know, a, a, a possession where that was going to decide the game. And if they got a rebound and or miss, they'd call timeout and they could reinsert right. Brunson. Um, but that, that type of thing will happen going forward. Um And I, and I would, I would like to see, you know, uh, Tibbs have the, have the, uh the kind of the guts to, 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 to yank, Brunson out and, and put one of his top defenders in, um, we'll see if he does that. Um, and the other thing, yeah, I think it's, it might, it'll probably be, you know, kind of a game by game situation, um, whether it's either Grimes or Barrett, you know, might be matchup to, you know, determined by matchups. Um, uh, Barrett was, was especially on the offensive end, um, Did uh, was playing well um, in the second half uh, Saturday night in Brooklyn. So um, you know Grimes, uh, as much as I've credited him in the past, he needs to knock down open threes in order to stay on the floor. He just hasn't done that of late, um, and that's something that he really needs to do in order to ensure his 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 spot in the in the closing minutes. um, Because that's you know the last two games didn't come back to bite him against Boston, um, but it 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 did hurt him uh, against Brooklyn, and it's something we've seen in the past.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and earlier this season, we saw Grimes hitting some of those big shots, but he's he's been missing them of late. So he's going to have to knock those down. And I think you make a really good point about the uh, the decision to potentially bench Brunson on offense defense situation, because it's not something I've mentioned and I don't think I've really seen anybody talk about, but I've noticed it in games prior where the Knicks have been in a clear offense defense and he has kept Brunson in no matter what. There may have been times where maybe, okay, maybe, you know, you get rebound, you want to get fouled. I don't know. But, like, I, I, to me, it was one of those moments where I felt like Tibbs was kind of, you know, a little bit coaching on autopilot. Uh, Brunson is great at taking charges, and I know that may sound like a small thing, but he, he almost won a game in Memphis earlier this year because he took a charge on a final possession. So there could be reasons why Tibbs would like to keep Brunson on that floor. But I agree. I think that there are plenty of opportunities to uh, have IQ – essentially guarding your one quitting Grant, guardian two and now you have a, a really solid uh backcourt defensively on the ball as opposed to Brunson who you kind of have to hide in those situations so I think that's a really good point when we come to these Nets losses nine in a row it doesn't feel great for Nick fans I'm sure like is is there anything more to read into why the Knicks struggle because it's not like the Nets have had a better team than the Knicks over the last three years but that's a bad injury. They've had a lot of things happen. There was a game where you know KD and Kyrie didn't play, and that's came out from a game packing 20 points. Uh, at MSG, do you think this is starting to become a mental hurdle for the Knicks in getting over the hump against the Knicks?
2: I don't think so. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that one team has Kevin Durant for, for most of those games and the other team doesn't. Um, mm-hmm. and then it's, it's especially the fact of, of KD Kyrie and Harden, um, right. yeah. when they were a trio. Um, so yeah, I, listen, I, I, I have to admit, I'm a little surprised at how much, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say, I mean, there's a lot of, um, talking back and forth between Nick's Twitter and Nets Twitter. Um, but you know, the one thing to keep in mind is the Nets didn't sign KD and Kyrie. Their expectations should be higher than we beat the Knicks, you know, um, right. so over the last, you know, two years, the, they have the same, you know, since the start of the 2021, 22 season, the Knicks and the Nets have the same number of playoff series wins, you know, the same number of playoff wins, you know, the Nets got swept. Knicks didn't make it. Um, obviously the Nets will are attracted to, to be a top seed this year. So we'll see if they, you know, if, if, if Kyrie's still on the floor and, and KD stays healthy. Um, but, um, you know, again, the, the expectations of, of, you know, that, uh, that from, from nets and that, and you know, a lot of, there was a lot of, well, you guys said you were a super team and now you come here, you can't even be, you know, Nick, <laughs> Nick's fans are, are more, you know, are are have never, I've never claimed that they, that they are the better team than the nets. I think they're just, they're, they're, yeah. their fact that they state is that the they, they, city belongs to the Knicks in terms of fan base and fandom and ticket sales and interest. Um, and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon.
1: I do agree with that that final that last point on there that, that this is always gonna be a Knicks town. And that is essentially the crux of the beef, because the Nets say, yes. Well, we have a much better team. And it's like, well, nobody cares about the Nets. The Knicks are the team in New York. And that seems to be where the clash happens. Yeah. But yeah, I mean these Nets games are frustrating because you, you want you don't want to lose nine in a row. I mean that, that right. that's that's crazy, especially when you're talking about your your arrival. I think you do make a good point that obviously when you got KD and Kyrie, and that won't pull you at one point you had hard and you know, wins are gonna be hard to come by. But I don't know. I, I do feel like there's something with, with especially when they go to Barclays. I think the games at Madison Square Garden, I don't know if I put much stock into them, but the games at Barclays seem to go like the exact same. Like they come out, they come out flat, they don't seem to come out with the right kind of energy, and then they make a comeback. And then they can't execute or make enough plays late. It's the same recipe over. I've seen this same game that I saw on Saturday at least four times in these nine losses. The exact same. the only thing that was missing was the Julius Randle meltdown where he goes after the refs and wants to kick over some chairs because he didn't get a foul call on the last possession or two. Like, that's the only thing that was missing. So when I see the same thing over and over again, it makes me think that something, something is up with this. I don't know why the Knicks struggle with these games so much outside of the fact that the Nets have talent. But it is it is becoming, you know, frustrating. I don't think it's any more than that. It's just you don't want to lose to your, your crosstown rival nine times in a row. The Knicks will get uh two more cracks at the Nets. It won't be at Barclays. It'll be at Madison Square Garden. So maybe things will be different. But um tough loss for the Knicks. And you mentioned a good point. When you think about uh the wins over the Celtics and the wins over the Cavs, you had a chance to make a, you know, a Rivals Week sweep. Uh, go three in a row. It seemed like it was right there on the table for them considering the injuries the Nets had and Knicks came up short. So they'll have to find a way to rebound and uh and and turn the page on on Tuesday. So uh the Knicks after Saturday's Saturday's loss will return to the national TV scene yet again on Tuesday when they host the Lakers on TNT. So another national TV game. So some people that will excite them. I think for a lot of people that will frustrate them because they know be more uh probably more Nick Slander and combined with the Lakers. I mean, I think I don't think anybody's gonna be happy listening to that broadcast, to be honest. Uh, The Lakers fans get a bunch of it as well. So that should be fun for everybody, I guess. Uh, The Lakers suffered a heartbreaking OT loss on Saturday uh, to the Boston Celtics. By the way, what did you make of that LeBron, like, whatever that was? I don't know what that was. But I mean, he he, he went crazy on a, a clear missed call. I mean, he obviously got that followed. was a bad call. That was a yeah. Bad call. It was it. Was, I mean, we thought that you know RJ thing was debatable. That oh, you know, this was like ten times worse than that. I mean, he just got raked on the arm, and the ref just missed it. But I mean, LeBron is like he's on his knees, banging on the floor. I mean, I've never seen. I've never. I really. I've rarely seen players get like that. Let alone LeBron James. And like, what did you make just even of that scene on Saturday?
2: a wild scene a wild finish to a wild game um I in a sense that you know obviously they're going to be memes made of it but I think LeBron was truly and genuinely shocked you know like he just couldn't believe what had happened I mean and and I don't think any any because if we have and, and Van Gundy talked about it like if we have replay in the NBA how could how could we not replay that's that's the type of situation that we need to prevent from happening and Refs, you know, came out afterward and said we're heartbroken and the union and yada 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 but um that's 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 a play you can't miss. Um that's a player, you know, 3 games away from becoming the, ho- the greatest scorer of all time, one of the greatest players in the history, just a powerful, you know, obviously incredibly talented offensive force going to the basket and yeah. He's not going to miss a layup and, you know, he front rimmed it. It just was, uh, if anything, that's the type of thing where you call the foul and then you give the the, the Celtics the opportunity to challenge it if they so choose to. Um, yeah. But, you know, clearly um, it was, you know, so I, I empathize with LeBron in and, and, and the Celtics. I mean, they're 13th in the West right now. Yes, they're only like they're three likely, games yeah. out of yeah. sixth, but like every win is important, especially when you, you they I'm sure they, they they likely knew that they were going to sit out you know Monday uh, against Brooklyn. So this game took on added importance um, and there's there's only so many of these close losses that they can let slide. So, um, you know, I think the king was just was just I couldn't believe what had happened. Yeah, he was incredulous
1: to, to what happened. That reaction was something else. Um, I think it does speak to his level of competitiveness, though. Yes. You know, people will say, you know, he's, he's the only patent stats. He doesn't really care uh, about whether the Lakers win or lose. I mean, that was a game that, you know, uh, like you said, they are in a play. They're in a playing hunt. I wouldn't call it a playoff hunt, but they're in a playing hunt for sure. And that's a game that would have been great. You beat the team with the best record in the NBA. That, that's a huge win. And uh, you know, to miss that call was 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 wild, and it does lead to a conversation about replay and and um what can and can't be challenged. Should guys have more challenges than just one? Uh, you know, should there be an automatic you know New York review kind of like we see in the NFL for certain like scoring plays? Like I don't know, but yeah, that kind of play can't happen. And but man, thanks thanks to LeBron James and Patrick Beverly for giving us some of the best reactions to a missed call that we've ever seen Patrick Beverly finding someone with a DSLR camera and bringing it onto the court uh maybe the most well-earned technical foul I've ever seen in an NBA game so classic stuff from those gentlemen uh we should be seeing at least some of them on Tuesday uh LeBron James like you said is sitting out uh he has a sore ankle in this game in Brooklyn on Monday Anthony Davis is still recovering from the foot injury Uh, that he dealt with you know he was out for like a month with that foot injury so he's also going to be sitting out the front end of this back-to-back i would assume that means they will play the second end of the back-to-back considering his massive square guard national tv game against the knicks uh so uh, number one how did the knicks get a w on tuesday let's let's assume that james and davis are in the lineup
2: yeah um i i i was happy to see i'm 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 gonna be in the building tomorrow for the, the oh that's awesome the, the Lakers Knicks game, um, and when I saw that they that the LeBron and AD were not playing Monday, I was like, yes, because that I thought you know like in furtherance of our other point, like it's clear which which team which building opposing you know, <laughs> right. players want to play in, you know, like yeah, exactly they, they made a conscious choice to make sure that they were were healthy and ready for um, uh, for the Garden, so it sh- it should be um, and, and and getting the opportunity to watch LeBron, you know, I think I've only missed one game in his career. With that he's played, whether it's Cab, a Heat, uh, a Laker, that he that he's been he's played at MSG, and and then I missed um, wow. all the other games. I um, I started covering the league um, in in two thousand four. Mm-hmm. you know started getting press credentials and whatnot so 2003's rookie year I, I bought a ticket but since then i've you know I've been fortunate enough to have press passes or, or whatever and just there's so many great memories of him at the garden um you know the, the near 50 point triple double yeah um where they took that rebound or assist away in, in the last couple of minutes and it's funny you know like People ask, like, you know, what's your, you know, LeBron' greatest memory or, or, or most, you know, like the. To me, one of the memories that kind of encapsulates who he is as a player and and just the, the, the greatness of LeBron James. Yeah. Was the game that fifty point ten nine, you know, fifty ten nine game he had at the Garden? It was the end of the first half and i want to say he had 30 in the first half like he was he was putting on a show it was clear that that you know he was in really like apex prime lebron attack mode and he came down the floor and had an open three pointer right at the buzzer ended up dishing it to ben wallace who's right in the basket and the, the cavs were up like 18 at the at the time like they were going to win the game it was the terrible Knicks teams of the late two, you know two thousand thoughts um and but he he made the right basketball play instead of going into the break you know with 37 instead of 34 and you know the guard going crazy like he made the right basketball play found found his teammate under the basket for an open dunk to give his team two points and increase their chances of winning the game um so yeah i just say that to say that um privileged and lucky to live in the era of lebron james the fact that he's still doing what he's doing um, is, is, is incredible. The numbers and the points he's putting up, the assists rebounds, the averages, you know, basically averaging 38 since he turned 38, just things we've never seen before. Um, so, uh, you know, just, it's something to keep in mind. Let's, uh, let's, let's respect greatness while, while we have a chance to do so. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as the, the, the game in, in and of itself tomorrow, um, obviously the, the, you know, you gotta, you gotta focus on LeBron. He's the guy that, that, you yeah. know, especially with with their limited assets we don't know what we're going to see from ad um who's working his way back but clearly isn't the you know 100% yet um so you got to stay in front of 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 LeBron obviously um, a lot of challenges you know a lot of defensive assignments will get mixed match because he's basically the point forward um, you know so but R- Randall it's get, you know obviously Randall's going to have to do a great job of staying in front of yeah. of an elite player and also making LeBron work um depending on how they want how the Lakers want to cross match um, but again, uh, same way you know we talked about the Nets and Kyrie, um, you got to cut off the head of the snake, and that's obviously LeBron.
1: Yeah, uh, first of all, uh, you're really lucky to be able to see all of those uh, MSG LeBron games. LeBron has had some some stellar performances there. The Knicks have had some really great wins against mm-hmm. LeBron as well. I mean, you know, you know the moment create the uh, uh, Mario his Hisonia uh, defensive stop on LeBron uh, late to, to to seal one of those wins. So. These games are normally really, uh, really great. LeBron usually gets up for them, yes. so it should be a, another good one on Tuesday. Okay. I think the Knicks are in a weird position in this game because I don't necessarily feel like they're not that any team's a great matchup for LeBron. But I don't know if the Knicks necessarily are the greatest matchup in terms of how to guard LeBron. Like you're right, Julius Randle's going to get a lot of the uh, the reps, which he he's going to have to really one stay out of foul trouble and and to yeah. kind of keep his head. Because, you know, the refs, considering what happened on Saturday, I'm yep. sure we'll have a very close eye on LeBron drives. And um, and, and Julius got to keep his cool. He can't get attack or anything like that if he gets some some bad whistles, guarding LeBron. But after Julius, you know, you kind of look at who are the next guys. I mean, RJ has guarded him in the past, so RJ will get time. But, you know, RJ is going to have a, a big size disadvantage. Quentin Grimes would have a massive size disadvantage. So, I mean, I'm sure he'll get some possessions. But I can't imagine he's going to – he's definitely not going to be the primary. Uh, defender on him so not that many options for the Knicks to throw at this is kind of the where this, these problems come with terms of the lack of, of wing combo for defenders that the Knicks yep. don't have Obi Top is not a defender at this point in his career so uh LeBron could have a big game like this this kind of sets up well for him potentially you know unless Julius is able to, to rise to the challenge defensively now when he got the opportunity to guard Giannis uh, last month he was spectacular defensively he had a terrible offensive game in that loss But his defense was incredible. So I think Julius could rise to this challenge, but it's going to be a challenge because we know the Kings want to put on a show at MSG. I think that that is definitely one of the the big matchups to watch. I will be curious also to see, you know, what happens with AD in terms of how the Knicks uh, will have the matchup with him because he's going to be going up against Sims, who's uh, extremely, you know, uh, you know, green, a uh, big man who hasn't seen probably players caliber or Anthony Davis say Harden's time course is going to get a lot of time as well. I would wonder if the Knicks implore smaller lineups against the Lakers. And if there's something that, that, that you can try because the Lakers will play kind of a positionless style every time with LeBron will essentially play the five because they don't necessarily have great five men. So this is a chance you see OB and, uh, and Randall at the five. I'm also looking to see if there's a time where they are able to get RJ at the four and put IQ in there, and then go super small. Where you got Brunson, IQ, Grimes, RJ, and Randall. If there's a time, there's a chance where the Lakers go small, and and, um, and LeBron's playing the five, or if there's a five man that just isn't really all that much of a threat. I think this is a great game to kind of you know test that. Like I think that that's a line that they definitely need to be uh, looking at. So those things I should be I will be following in this one uh, on Tuesday. You know who the, the, the Knicks
2: could use a guy like O.G. Ananobi maybe to guard on the we'll, we'll segue into the, the next company. Yeah, but yeah um, I'm curious about AD2. Um, he's come off the bench his first two games. Um, since returning from injury, you know that Thomas Bryan had been playing well at center yeah. uh, for the Lakers, so they they left him in the lineup. So we'll see if if AD maybe returns the starting lineup. his you know is is th- this will be his third game back um, a week after his return from the foot injury and a day off? Obviously not playing Monday. Um, it'll be interesting to see. And then Obi, um, you know, could Obi play some time? We've obviously we talked about that. Played less than ten minutes again. Um, yeah. uh, Saturday night in Brooklyn. Um, you know, if, if the Knicks went small with Randall at the five, you know, I'd, I'd love to see some, some Randall and Obi. and again, um, as we, you know, the, the last segment here, we'll talk about the trade deadline, um, February 9th, 10 days away. Um, I've harped on this point for the last week or so. If the Knicks aren't going to play Obi more than 10 minutes a night and you're not, that means you're likely not going to resign him uh, or sign him to a contract extension this summer. Um. You sh- they 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 owe it to themselves to see what explore any and all opportunities when it comes to trading them. I think you'd be selling low. I think it'd probably be a mistake. But again, um, we mentioned it, you know, in relation to the Rui Hachimura deal that we'll see Tuesday night at the Garden. Yeah. Um, the, the, the 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 Wizards got. A 2028 second round pick, a 2029 second round pick and a second round pick next year, along with Kendrick Nunn's expiring contract. So um, and none and, and Hachimura is a guy that averaged 14 as a rookie, that's averaged 14 yeah. points in 30 minutes a night, first career, can shoot to three, has some versatility, um, has been far more productive. Um, you know, it's, it, in terms of, you know, production, maybe not per minute yeah. or upside or whatever, however you want to classify it. Um, but but Obi again, he, and he's not his puppy, you know, he's 24 years old. Um, he's two years older than RJ. Um, this is, you know, if, if you're not going to, this is what you're, that's the type of d- return you're going to get for Obi. If you look to trade him next February, when he's on the verge of becoming a, a, a free agent, um, as opposed to, you know, if you don't feel, and and with Tibbs and Randall, who's played more minutes than any player in the NBA since the start of last season, um, if those two guys in New York, there's really not a spot for Obi Toppin in New York. So therefore, um, if you're going to explore trade opportunities, I think that's one of the guys we'll keep an eye on over the next week
1: yep trade deadline february 29th uh, february 9th sorry uh knicks uh lakers tuesday 7 30 tnt should be an interesting game to follow so let's 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 talk about uh this segue as tommy mentioned uh the knicks are reportedly among the suitors interested in acquiring raptors combo forward og ananumi so this is a new report coming out on monday by sham Sharania. Of the athletic, he says New York and Phoenix have expressed interest in making a deal for Ananubi. He says New York has shown a willingness to offer multiple first round picks to make a deal happen. SNY's Ian Bagley also reported last week that the Knicks had expressed a desire to include multiple first round picks in an Ananubi deal, but noted that that was taking place in December before the Knicks had gone on that winning streak and they had been struggling mightily. That those conversations happened about multiple first round picks for OG. Anubi. So uh we don't know the way I read it, if it's this is uh, you know, essentially new interest in the Knicks wanting to pursue OG Anubi. Is this uh something that Shams is referring to that happened last month? That's not clear, but what is clear the Knicks have expressed interest in trading multiple first round picks for OG. So I'll start the question and the conversation with this are you comfortable moving multiple
2: firsts for OG on newbie? In short, yes. Um, he's, he's the type, he's the type of player that, um, you value that has really a ton of value in today's NBA, uh, a true three and D wing, um, you know, a good scorer, a great defender. Um, you know, there's just a lot to like there. You piece it together. Um, and in terms of if you're only giving up first round picks, again, the Knicks are going to have to consolidate the, their their picks at some point. I understand you'd like it for a true superstar um, if and when those guys ever become available is up, up for grabs. Um, if you trade for Ananubi now, the assumption is you're comfortable giving him extension at some point. Um, he has just but he does have at least, you know, th- the rest of the season, obviously, and the rest of next season on his current contract um, before you kind of face those dilemmas. Um, you know, you can readdress it this offseason, Get them and get them in the building. You know, develop a level of comfort. Um, as far as the picks go, again, there's you, you, you know, if it's the the box protected pick and the and the and the and the uh, and a Knicks pick, obviously, you know, for me that's a no brainer um, to, to get a player of, of OG's talent. But the way I look at it, I would really be surprised if this talks continue and if this thing has legs. My assumption is it's because the Raptors are, are 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 want to take back RJ Barrett in the deal. Um, Barrett, a Toronto native, um, plays for Team Canada. Obviously, has Canadian roots. Um, and if they didn't trade Barrett in the deal, um, where does OG fit? You know, is he going to play the two? Is Barrett going to get shifted down to the two? Is you know, OG play the three? Um, we've 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 seen. You know, we have a year and a half of sample size here that that Tibbs doesn't want to play Randall at the five. Um, so, you know, I thought maybe, you know, you could see maybe OG and, and RJ at the forward spots and RJ at the five. Maybe he would adjust that if you have a player as talented as OG that needs minutes, but I'm just not sure kind of how everything would shake out, especially when you have Brunson, Grimes, and IQ um, to kind of man, man the backcourt primarily. Um, I'm just not sure how that all that would shake out unless the Knicks sent out, um, uh, RJ Barrett in the deal to Toronto. So, and the other thing is, if uh, uh, my assumption is, and and I, I'm high on, OG, on on Ananobi, but I think a lot of a lot of people that I respect their basketball opinion are even higher on him than I am. Um, and there's been talk that if he ever got put to the open market, that teams would really throw uh, the kitchen sink at the Raptors to try to get their hands on this guy. So uh, my assumption is it would take a lot more than, than just come up multiple first round draft picks. You'd probably have to include another promising young player. Um, you know, again, whether that's Grimes or or Barrett, I just think Barrett makes a lot of sense for obvious reasons.
1: So I tweeted this, uh, this weekend, and I, I say it on this episode, like, I, I feel like, In talking about OG, I have to hand in my basketball nerd card. Because as you said, a lot of people around the league and a lot of people who cover this game, that I respect as well, really think highly of OG on a newbie. That being said, I I would be very wary of giving up multiple first-round picks for OG on a newbie. Now, I think it depends on certain things. Now, if you're talking about um, trading out of this year's draft, because you have two first-round picks in this year's draft, that I think I'm a little more okay with because you're not talking about any 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 damage towards your long-term future of trading multiple first round picks down the line. Essentially mm-hmm. the plan is still to trade for a star. Mm-hmm. If you're talking about trading, you know, uh one year picks this year and then a protected pick, you know, next year or two years from now.
0: Mm-hmm. Again,
1: not as concerned with that. If you get into the conversation you had with Don, the, the Mitchell conversation okay. where you're talking about your unprotected, your own picks and they're two years out and then it kind of locks you into being unable to trade your own pick for a couple of years. That's where I, I walk away from the table when I say, I, I can't do that. I think OG is a very good player. He's an excellent defensive player. He's shown he can hit the three ball. I just think for a guy who has not really been healthy all that often, like this is a guy who's not played 70 games very often in his career. I think he's only done it maybe once. Um, And a guy who's a good offensive player, but definitely not a guy who's uh definitely not a two i mean maybe he's a three i just i can't i can't give up all these first round picks for him now i think this market has been kind of screwed up with the rudy gobert trade right. and to some degree even the Jonte murray trade where you're seeing four three five first round picks getting moved for some of these guys I mean, that's why you know jay crowder is still sitting at home because nobody's giving up you know multiple first round picks for a guy jay crowder i, I would hope that the knicks will be able to reset the market in a trade for ogian newbie where Again, if you're trading on this year's draft, whereas you're picking the Dallas pick, I can live with that. Um, but the the future picks is where I, I would I would pause. And I, I and I'll be honest, I don't think I would trade RJ Barrett in a deal for OG. Now I get I don't like the fit either. But to me, if I get OG on a newbie, then I'm then looking to move Barrett. And now I'm real I'm really trying to pursue a starter. I don't know who's out there, right. but I'm now redirecting Barrett somewhere else. I, I think that multiple picks and RJ, I think it, I think it's too much value. Like I, I would not do that, but I, but I think RJ becomes expendable because I don't necessarily see how RJ and OG fit because I think RJ is best suited to play the three right
2: now. A good point. Yes, I, I think you know, six seven wing. I think he's definitely the three is, is where you want to keep him and alongside Randall. I, the the reason I like the fit is because having a guy like that. Um, You know, pairing him with Grimes on the wing, this way you have Randall and Brunson as your Mm -hmm. primary scorers, and then you have OG and and, and Grimes as kind of the defensive lockdown perimeter guys that are very versatile, can guard multiple positions, you have IQ coming off the bench, Um, there's a lot to like there, Um, but you're right, it's important to note. Um, not all first round picks are created equal. Like that's, that's, that's right. a very important point. If the Knicks are talking their 2027 20, unprotected and a 2029, 20, then I, I again, ag- agree. I, I step away from the table. Um, and you're right. That's probably what, uh, Ujima is looking for, uh, yeah. because he's a smart, shrewd GM yeah. uh, or president, whatever they call him. Um, but yes, so I, I I definitely that that that's definitely worth noting. If the Knicks give up a first this year, um, you know whether it's their own or the, or the Mavs pick, and then one of the other protected picks from you know Washington again, they have the Bucks protected pick, they have Washington's protected pick, they have the Pistons protected pick, um, include one of those. Um, you know, that, that's kind of more along the lines of what I was assuming. Um, again, while you're looking further down the line, um, past Brunson's current contract, past Randall's current contract, then I'm very hesitant unless you're getting a star back in the deal. If you're, you know, if, if I'm not willing to trade one of those unprotected. If you put protections on it, then we can have some conversations. Um, but a guy that just has, you know, that's going to be a free agent in 16 months, um, I'm not willing to, to put those picks on the table too. I should have specified
1: and when we when we talk about OG, I mean, how much of an advantage or how much better do you think the Knicks become if he gets at, at it? Like, he's like, I don't know who goes out, but in, in a in a in a world where maybe it's RJ or maybe it's Toppin and Reddish or whoever, like assuming some guys are gone. But the core of definitely Brunson and Randall are still here. Like, where does OG take the Knicks at this point? Like, are they are they definitely a playoff team at that point? Can they get higher than six? Or are they still a play in like, where do they lie uh, after a OG on I mean, new trade potentially?
2: Yeah, I think they uh, obviously it depends on what they send out. Um, but assuming that, you know, it's, it's it's primarily draft capital. Um, then I think they definitely strengthen their roster. They improve their roster and it makes it more likely that they'd get the six. I still don't think they're anywhere near the, the the cream of the crop, you know, the top four seeds in the East. Um, but I would say uh, OG is only 24 himself. He's younger than, than, than Toppin, I believe, or, or the same age. Um, so if you could, you know, if that's the type of player, and my assumption also is that if they trade for him, they have an understanding of what he's looking for in terms of an extension. Maybe it's a sign and extend, um, you know, maybe it's a handshake agreement between the the the, the, the you know his OG's agents and and the, and the Knicks front office, and it's kind of a, or at least an understanding, an implicit understanding. This is what we're going to be looking for. This is kind of what we'd accept on a multi-year extension this off season. Those are the type of conversations because I think he's a player you build around. And again, even if you have to give up draft capital to get him, the, one of the other things we talked about is even though you send out capital that you hope to use in a trade to acquire a superstar, the team that trades the next superstar. In my opinion, would value OG Ananobi on an extended contract or even, you know, with one year left on his deal, yeah. a 25-year-old OG, as opposed to, uh, a, you know, a, a protected draft pick or a, or or the you yeah. know the or the Knicks 2023 pick, something along those lines. I think that player on that, you know, at at that stage of his career has more value than a, than a, than a draft pick. Um, But yeah, it'll be, it's fascinating to see because are the Raptors buyers or sellers or are they staying put You know, are they going to, do they, if they, it sounds like they're considering moving Van Vliet. If they move Van Vliet, does that make it more or less likely that they move OG? These, these questions may be determined. I think we're going to have very little activity right up until like a day or two before the deadline. One trade falls through, and then teams, based on how they did like the two games prior, may make a decision yeah. for the rest of the season. Um, you know, that's just kind of the way it works sometimes. And it seems like no team's willing to be the first team to make a big move. Uh, but maybe once one of those domino falls, uh, you know, we'll kind of see how it plays out.
1: Yeah, and, and who knows who that team will be. Like, will it yes. be what happened with the Kings and the and the Pacers, which was shocking, you know. Right. All right. of a sudden out of nowhere, you know, a couple of days before it's Sabonis going to Sacramento and the the Pacers trading one of the, the bright young prospects of the NBA <laughs> to the Kings in a deal which that nobody saw worked out at
2: all. which has worked out for both teams. You know, yeah,
1: exactly. Teams. Yeah, Halberton going to the Pacers rather. Um like yeah. that that yeah, that was and that's a trade that you're right, the, the Kings have are uh, the three seed in the Western Trace. Conference, which uh, I, I I did think that maybe they'd improve. I really like the Mike Brown hiring. I did not think they'd be at the three seed. I mean that that's incredible. And the Pacers have you know been in playing contention now. Howard getting hurt has really screwed yeah. their, their whole situation up. Now they're they're kind of in a tailspin. But it, it, we'll we'll see. If maybe this is kind of what happens with that trade. Maybe this is a deal where the Knicks send out uh, a young player, uh, whether it's Barrett or whether it's Topping. And those guys thrive in Toronto and then maybe OG ends up being uh, even a better player uh, with the Knicks. Who knows? Um, But this trade deadline is going to be interesting. There's so much parity, so many people packed up at the top and people packed up at the bottom. Like the Eastern Conference, you got four teams, five teams all packed up real close to each other. All of them feel like they could beat each other in the playoff series. And the West, you know, you got two teams at the top, but then you got all these teams from three to essentially like 10. that are all within just three games of each other.
2: Yeah, three, three to thirteen. The Lakers are, I yeah. think, like three games back in the loss column from the five seed. You know, it's just yeah, no. yeah,
1: yeah. It's, yeah, it's 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 crazy. Um, I'm very curious what this will mean for like viewership for the rest of the NBA season. How this comes, how this affects the playoffs? Because I think that that there's been a concept that the NBA would like to be like the NFL in terms of getting hyper parity. I I technically don't love – I really don't love hyperpower in the NFL. I think in some ways it's kind of hurt the product of the game recently of late. Um, But the NFL is king. So, you know, just because I'm a dope who doesn't understand seeing all these mediocre teams play each other for 17 games and why we need to see that uh, doesn't mean that the rest of America doesn't want to see that. So um, seeing these teams be so packed and so close, uh, how that affects tread deadline, how that affects fan interest uh, moving forward throughout the season, I think is going to be fascinating. Tail for this uh 2023 season but i think that's gonna do it for this edition of orange and blue bloods so tommy before we go let people know where they can find you
2: at tommy beer on twitter
1: you can find me ej underscore stewart on twitter action ej on instagram and tiktok thank you guys so much for listening to orange and blue bloods a new york Knicks podcast hosted by odyssey and wfan new york you can get these episodes wherever you get your podcasts, including the free Odyssey app. Make sure you hit the auto-download feature on your download streaming service so that you can hit these podcasts whenever we drop. We drop them three times a week. We'll be back twice more this week. Plenty of other games to talk about. The Knicks on a four-game homestand here. So we'll see how they do. That'll do it for now. Thank you guys for checking us out. For EJ, for Tommy, I'm EJ. Stay good, you guys. Peace.